Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. Hey, folks, welcome to welcome to Radio Free America. Don't don't shout that. Don't want to call attention to what's going on here. It might it might become our new um, call sign, our new identifier. We're one of the few remaining places, apparently, where the truth can be told. And for how long, we don't know. Anyway, it's great to have you, Rush Limbaugh, back at it here on Thursday of Treatment Week. Telephone number 800-282-2882. If you want to be on the program, the email address lrushbaugh at eibnet.us. Let me go over some things here, just set the table, give you some things that are going to be shaken out today that uh, we're going to be talking about. There's a fascinating thing. It is the most fascinating thing that's going on out there in a long time. If you heard the story, you know the details of what's going on with GameStop. Folks, it's not just political now. The elites are bent out of shape that a bunch of average, ordinary users have figured out how to make themselves billionaires. Using, I'm going to explain it. I'm going to, I'm going to take the time necessary to explain this. I'm you damn right. I've been studying it all morning, and the best thing I can tell you is that it is. Whatever you think is going on in politics, the Washington establishment, the deep state, what have you, it's the same thing in finance. There are those who are allowed to make a lot of money and those of you who aren't. And if you figure out how to make a lot of money, and if you're like Donald Trump and you figure out how to get elected, if you figure out how to beat the deep state, they're going to come out and they're going to wipe you out. They're going to destroy you. That's what's happening with GameStop. A bunch of people on Reddit figured out how to game the system. They figured out how to turn the system into a profit-making device for themselves. In the process, they are harming the intended winners in this financial circumstance, and that would be the hedge funds out there. The hedge funds are supposed to be the ones making a lot of money, and they're not. And they're begging other hedge funds to bail them out. So, yes, I'm going to explain this. It, it may, it's not going to take a long time, but but it's it's folks, it's fascinating, 
And it, the reason that it is fascinating is now it's not just politics. Now they're not just calling us racist, sexist, bigots, homophobes in an order, in a, in a way to control us, in a way to shame us. Now they're actually making it clear to anybody who has the ability to notice that you're not allowed to use the stock market the way they do. You're not allowed to profit. You're not allowed to make the kind of money they do. The elites. Now, I have attempted to explain this over the course of many busy years here of the EIB network. The the notion of being an elite, of being a member of the deep state, the Washington establishment, what is it? It's many things. Among those many things are perks. And the perks are the ability to guarantee your kids' financial future, the ability to guarantee yourself a financial future, the ability to guarantee yourself a position of some power, depending on who you are, in the establishment, the club of elites, uh, whatever you want to call it. And it extends uh, to far more than just political things. And it is why it is so hard. It's like the never-Trumpers. The never-Trumpers fashioned themselves as elites. The never-Trumpers, they played the dutiful role, lost with honor. The never-Trumpers, the Republicans who hated Donald Trump because he came in and screwed up their position as accepted elites. So they had to fire back at him. And they, they, were, they had a role to play. And for that role to play, they were rewarded. Banks lent them money or financiers bankrolled their stupid little magazines that nobody read and their cruises and all that. And they were guaranteed a financial foundation. And Trump came in and threatened all of that. He had to go. But this GameStop business now now makes this something that is understandable beyond the political world. And that is its value. It's not just political anymore. It's not just that you can't think for yourself on issues and matters of politics. It doesn't, it, you know, everything is, is rigged in favor of the elites. And this has come along and upset that rigging. You know, if, if everything doesn't benefit the establishment, then it has to be censored, right? Your speech, your attitude, if, if it doesn't benefit the establishment, it's got to be censored. It's got to be canceled. It's got to be silenced. Well, now, with this GameStop story and the revelations contained in it, the elites, the same people that, that, that were hell-bent on getting rid of Donald Trump, same people are now trying to tell you what you can and can't do with your money. Not only what you can and can't think, but it's now what you can and can't do with your money. So, yes, Mr. Snurdly, I will explain this as the program unfolds. As, look, it's more detailed. So let me give you a couple of paragraphs as a, as a stopgap until we get into it as the program unfolds. Some hedge fund managers shorted GameStop. Now, what is GameStop? What the hell is it? GameStop is a company... This has not been widely explained because the elites don't take the time to explain this. But let me tell you what it is. GameStop is a company that sells physical copies of video games 
in dying malls. I mean, they are an they're an out of fashion company. It's another thing that ticks off the elites. This 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 company is way behind the times. They're selling physical copies of video games next to all the other dying stores in malls. But right now, GameStop has become the most highly traded asset in the United States. Game stocks or GameStop's stock price was $4 last summer, $20 at the end of 2020, is now worth close to $300. And here is a passage from an elitist publication describing it. Essentially, many normal people, many normal people have made a huge bet against gigantic hedge funds and other financial institutions and are winning. Oh, no. In practice, this means that we are seeing one of the, and here's the, here's the rub of it, folks. We are seeing one of the largest wealth transfers from the financial ruling class to the middle and upper middle class in recent memory, and it's not been authorized. You see, it's just happening within the normal ebb and flow of the market. Some normal-ish people figured out how to earn a hell of a lot of money using the establishment's own methods against them. This is all about short squeezing and short selling. And if you don't know what those terms are, hang on, because I will explain those as the program unfolds. But the key to this is the reason why this is a story, the reason why you're watching... You know what else is funny? Snurdly had to ask me, are you going to explain it? Because you've been watching cable news and you can't... The people in charge of explaining it don't know what they're talking about, right? Because they only know the establishment view of finance. They only know the elite because they think themselves as elites. The financial people at CNN, financial people at MSNBC, they're really woefully ill-educated on this kind of stuff. So I, I, I did a test today. I tried to watch the info babes at a couple of cable networks explain this. They don't know what they're talking about. They're reading whatever somebody's written for them on a teleprompter. And they're using odd facial expressions to make it look like Uh, They know what they're talking about. But the key to this is what has happened. We are seeing one of the largest wealth transfers from the financial ruling class to the middle and upper classes in recent memory. And it's not authorized. Sometimes the upper class authorizes a transfer of wealth with certain new policies, certain new uh, uh, regulations. This is totally unauthorized. This came about because of the understanding of the system and how to game it by normal people. Right here it is in this story. Many normal people have made a huge bet against and they are winning. And because this has been a massive transfer of wealth, it's understandably the only thing anybody's talking about because it's unauthorized. So, a group of Reddit users who grew up playing video games from GameStop, that's how, that's how old they are, decided to beat Wall Street at its own game. They got together, they banded together, they began buying GameStop stocks. 
That drove the price up. Other regular traders saw the price increase. They began buying, and some real momentum was created. But now the hedge fund guys who sold short are losing their shirts. The hedge fund guys, the elites, had planned to sell GameStop short. That means they are counting on GameStop losing money. They only win if GameStop loses. Well, GameStop... Stock price, $4 last summer, $20 at the end of the 2020, $40 two weeks ago. It was worth $100 on Monday and Tuesday, and today it's $300. The hedge funds are taking it in the shorts. I mean big time. They are, they're being wiped out to a certain extent, and they don't like it. These normal people have figured out a way that they don't like it, so they're asking other hedge funds to bail them out. And to stop trading, like Facebook and Google stop you from commenting, they're asking other apps that allow this kind of trading activity to stop it. They're using their power to ask normal people or to prevent normal people from trading, from short selling and and, and from, from taking advantage of the fact that the elites are short selling and short squeezing. So if you are an elite hedge fund and your position is that you are selling short on GameStop and their stock price has gone from 4 bucks to 300 you are losing your shirt. You're losing your pants. You're losing your underwear. You're losing your scrotum. You're losing everything out there. So there is, there is uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, an app called Robinhood. And Robinhood bills themselves as democratizing finance for all. Securities by Robinhood Financial. Crypto by Robinhood Crypto. They're Alks, and that's the app that people are using to bring about this transfer of wealth. So the elites are leaning on Robinhood like Google and so forth leaned on other news organizations to censor conservatives to wipe them out, to not give them a form. Same thing as had. That's what's amazing to me about the story, the, the educational value it has, the informative value it has. It's not just your political opinions and your political thoughts that are under scrutiny and uh, are, are, are essentially being censored. No, now it's the way that you invest your money. Oh, yeah. And I can't, you know, the the circumstance here is such a valuable teaching moment. So we will get into There's a little bit more detail to this that I will explain as the the program unfolds. Uh, Now, the the other regular traders that saw these price increases, they began buying. Some real momentum was created. Now, the hedge fund guys who sold short are losing their shorts and everything. The Reddit users, where all this started, the Reddit users, Robinhood, did nothing illegal. It's important for you to understand, no matter what you hear on the news, they have done nothing illegal. They played the same game that hedge fund managers play every day to make a lot of rich people even richer. Yet the markets are now shutting down trades. Like I just explained to you, they're shutting down trades in GameStop in order to protect the elites. 
They're even getting blocked on social media. But when you design and use a system to benefit yourself, don't complain when it gets used against you. And that is what's happening here with GameStop. It's Folks, it's not some obscure thing involving what young kids are doing. The teachable moment here is how this censorship that we are experiencing from tech media, the tech oligarchs, is not contained to your political thoughts. It's not limited to who you vote for and who your who your uh, uh, political friends and enemies are. No, no, no. It extends to money, how you earn it, how much you earn, how much you're not permitted to earn. It's not just about politics. When we're talking about this leftist attempt at unity. By the way, Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney, for national, during an online forum presented by the Economic Club of Chicago, yes, Tuesday, yes, a couple days ago, Romney said that Republicans must publicly announce Joe Biden won the 2020 presidential election legitimately if we're ever to achieve national unity. If we are ever to achieve national unity, everybody, every Republican must publicly announce that Biden won the presidential election legitimately. That's how we achieve national unity. Now, how are we going to define unity here? That's the next question, but I got to take a break. Back after more. Now, this GameStop thing all started with some random guys on a message board on Reddit. That message board on Reddit is called Wall Street Bets. They discovered that there was a massive short selling of GameStop by hedge funds. Short selling, again, is where you're betting on the stock price to go down. You have to have the money in a short sell. You have to have the money and put it up. To back up your short, you just can't go in and bet that it's going to go down and then not put up any money. Like a regular trade, you can bet it's going to go up without putting up any money. But a short sell, you have to put up the money. It leaves your back pocket. It leaves your account. So these hedge funds were betting big on GameStop losing value. These these random guys on the message board on Reddit discovered this massive short selling, and when you discover it, you can thwart it by betting on the stock price to go up. So they started to buy it, and that raises the price. Enough of them bought the stock that it started going way up. The hedge funds could not buy shares to cover their short positions. Remember, you have to buy the totality of your position when you sell short. It's a it's a Wall Street rule. And what happens is, Uh, when they don't have the money to cover their short positions, that causes the stock to skyrocket. This is called a short squeeze. So if you see the term short squeeze, uh, Mr. Snurdly, and you're watching cable news, financial experts try to explain it. It's when people selling short do not have the money to cover what they are betting will happen. You've got to fully expose your position on the short sell. And if you can't, you're being short-squeezed. That's the term. That's the definition of it.
So at this point, the, the hedge funds went to the media and said, these little guys are not playing fair. These little guys, are, and they, they sort of characterized them as a, as a bunch of hayseed hicks that, that uh, renegades doing damage is exactly what they say about conservatives in the realm of politics, that they're unfair, that they're stupid, they don't know what they're talking about, they got to sh- be shut up, they have to be silenced. The same thing was, was played here in terms of these Reddit users. It went to the point where the hedge funds were losing so many billions of dollars they were needing bailouts by other hedge funds. And lo and behold, Robinhood has shut down trading of GameStop. Lo and behold, just like they shut down Parler, just like they shut down uh, any other conservative attempt at free speech on the World Wide Web, so has uh, the big hedge fund people have come along. Stockbroker service Robinhood shut down in the midst of trade on GameStop. Now, here's 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 the the simplest way to understand it in terms of dollars and cents. Discord. This is from the article in the New York Post about this. Discord, a communication tool similar to Slack, said that it pulled a server associated with Wall Street bets, that's on Reddit, for continuing to allow hateful, discriminatory content after repeated warnings, the server has been on our trust and safety team's radar for some time due to occasional content that violates our community guidelines, including hate speech. So they're accusing these people, these normal people who were engaging in buying GameStop because it was going up in value. They have now accused them of the same things they have accused you of engaging in on social media. Hate and discriminatory content after being warned to stop it. You have been you have been given guidelines that you are violating if you are using this server. You're engaging in hate speech, you're glorifying violence, you're spreading misinformation. This is being used to justify shutting down trades in GameStop, trades that show it gaining money. Now, the, the, the financial hit to the hedge fund people who were engaging in short selling, and again, it's key to understand that if you're going to short sell, you have to put up the totality of your position. Unlike if you're betting on a stock to go up, you just bet on it to go up and you hope and pray, and if it goes up, then you collect your winnings, roll them over, do whatever. But you've got to provide the money if you're going to short sell. The reason this is bad for the hedge fund guys is that they were selling future options, which means that they have to now buy the stock that they thought they would get for $4 a share at $4,000 a share. That's how much this stock has gone up since the summer and basically in the past week. So they're having to buy this stock. They thought they were going to be able to buy it at 4 bucks a share. Now it's costing them their future options $4,000, maybe 400 a share. But regard, it's a, it's a tremendous amount of money that they don't have or they don't want you to think they have. They're asking to be, to be uh, bailed out. Uh, if it's four hundred or four thousand, it doesn't matter. It is a huge amount of money that they didn't expect to have to come up with. They expected to be getting away with selling short at four bucks a share and cleaning up 
And now, Robinhood has shut down trading. On uh, Robinhood has been shut down from allowing trades in uh, in games. It's it's identical. And the thing is, this is the elites moving in to control what they want everybody to believe is a free market. The elites of the Democrat Party, they want everybody to believe there's a free market in speech. There's a free market in political opinion. We've got a First Amendment. You can say what you believe. You can think what you want to think, but you can't. If you disagree with them, if you violate what they agree with, what they think, if you are in opposition to them, they shut you down. They make it impossible for you to get traction beyond your own oral cavity, your own voice, your own mouth. Now they're showing that the same thing is going to happen with money. If you go out there and you find a way in the system they run to earn big money and cause them to lose big... Oh, are they going to come after you? And they are coming after these people. And all they are, by definition, normal people on Reddit. Normal people who saw this big, gigantic short sell of a company that was actually starting to, to make money, so they, they drove the stock price up, which is fair and free and totally illegal, totally legal, not illegal, totally legal to do. But they're going to be punished. They're going to be shut down. They're going to be maligned. They're going to be called racist bigots. They're going to be called uh, people engaging in hate speech because that's how you shame them. That's how you get people to shut up. Nobody wants to be a racist. Nobody wants to be somebody who hates. Nobody wants to be accused of any of this. Republicans have proven it's not worth fighting back, so this is what they're now engaging in, in the realm of money. And so you see, folks, strip this all down, put Donald Trump back in the mix, and you'll see why he had to be destroyed. It wasn't just his political agenda. Donald Trump was enabling average, ordinary Americans to do well financially. They were benefiting from a tremendously growth economy. The first three years of Trump's administration before the virus hit, look at what he had done, the unemployment numbers for African-Americans, Hispanics, and women, and look at the amount of money that they were earning. The, uh, the wages were increasing left and right. None of that's permitted. That's not supposed to happen. It's the left that is in control of what people earn. It's the left that's in And it's, it's the left, by the way, for 50 years that has been promising these minorities that their fortunes are about to turn. The Democrats are going to take care of them. The Democrats are going to fix them. The Democrats are going to make sure that their lives turn out better. But they never do. The Republicans, meanwhile, remain racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe, hate mongers. Democrats on the left remain well-intentioned, compassionate, understanding, tolerant, wonderful people trying against all this hate speech of the Republicans to make people's life. The whole thing is exactly 180 degrees out of phase. Donald Trump caused these people to panic exactly like the panic we're seeing in the financial markets here. And he also demonstrated that it was about money as well. If people became more financially self-reliant, if people became more financially secure, 
then they needed less and less government. They needed less and less assistance. This is impermissible. He had to go. And, of course, the Republicans in the establishment, such as the never-Trumpers and, there's, and, and the Romneys of the world, the Cindy McCains and these people, they have a, they have a position in the establishment. They are to lose with honor, and they do that now and then, occasionally win, but uh, when they win, they don't really do anything with it, right? When they win, they almost act like they need to be forgiven, and start talking about power sharing and stuff like that. So, folks, it's a gold mine of uh, information. It's four hundred bucks a share. I thought not four thousand. Four hundred bucks a share that the hedge fund guys now have to come up with when they were expecting four bucks a share. So anyway, this is well. What is it going to mean? Let me take a call quick. Let me grab uh, Rick here in Spring Hill, Florida, before he becomes uh, too little too late. Rick, welcome to the to the EIB Network. Great to have you here. How are you doing? Very well, Rush. I'm so glad to hear your voice. Uh, my wife and I are very happy with your show. We love you. We love the show. You're conservative. Speak. We love it. I appreciate that, sir. Thank you very much. Um, my point you made at the beginning of your segment, uh, you're talking about the bittersweet moment of the GameStop. You know, it's uh, it, it's sweet that these uh, you know normal everyday people figured it out, and uh, you know they're betting on the GameStop and putting these billionaires in their place. You know, the shutting down of the selling of stocks, as you likened it at the beginning of the segment, the same thing they did when conservatives migrated to Parler. Yeah, exactly. Shut Parler down. Take the farm away from them. The same thing that happened in the the election that night uh, when suddenly the the votes for Donald Trump came coming in and they had to stop the voting, stop the election. Uh, 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 Nope, nope, nope. Nope, nope. Joe that, Biden no. was a legitimate winner on election. Be very careful. Yeah, okay. Very I'm, careful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I need to toe the line. You know, for the for the big state medias. Yeah, it's. I just appreciate your voice, and and uh, you know, it's if everybody doesn't pay attention and start fighting back, you know, it's 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 getting to the point where you know where we are the minority or will be shortly. Well, this is the you know I made a I, I had a I had a comment actually a monologue on this program back on I think it was the twenty second of January I'm not really it doesn't matter it's 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 fairly enough recently but it, I, in it I made the exact point you're making here I, I talked about how I had heard a lot of Republicans rush we're going to wipe these people out in 2022 they're so overstepping they're grabbing too much people are going to wake up they're going to realize and I said you know what. You're making a mistake assuming that the Democrats' victory in 2020, Biden's victory, whatever, is, is, a, is a one-off. you got to realize millions and millions and millions and millions of people voted for this. It wasn't simply due to cheating. It wasn't simply due to vote fraud or whatever else you think happened. Millions of Americans voted for this. They voted for the cancel culture. They voted for the woke culture. They voted for defunding cops. They voted for climate change. They voted for all this stuff. And the idea that 2022 comes along and people are going to realize their mistake and elect Republicans in a massive turnout. Uh, 
I think that's the, the normal ebb and flow of retail politics. We have surpassed that now. This is no longer Republicans versus Democrats and everybody gives it their best shot. The Democrats are shooting for an entirely new game now, which is unity under fascism. Unity under fascism is not unity where everybody is kumbaya. Unity under fascism is you better agree or you are up the creek. It's a demand that you agree with your political opponents or else. And it, it's not pretty and it's not pleasant. And this is what their demand is. Anyway, I'm glad you called, Rick. Thank you very much for your really, really great uh, kind words. I appreciate them. And we'll be back after this. All right, by the way, uh, folks, look at this. Short sellers are sitting on an estimated loss of $70.8 billion from their short positions in the United States and companies therein on the stock market so far this year. $70 billion, the vast majority of that chalked up during this GameStop business. $70 billion and climbing. $70 billion the hedge funds have got to come up with in cash if they want to maintain their positions. By the way, we're going to get into this as the program unfolds. Breaking news, New York Attorney General has accused Governor Cuomo of underreporting nursing home deaths by up to 50%. The New York Attorney General, one Democrat on another, is accusing Governor Cuomo of underreporting. This babe's name's Letitia James. Released a report today detailing the investigations that her office has conducted. Report shows the nursing home deaths in New York State were likely undercounted by up to 50% by Cuomo himself and his offices, his agencies. This, this could be the issue that eliminates Cuomo from the name of power-broking Democrats. We'll see. It's a long shot, but... Anyway, back to the phones. We got Ryan here in Wichita, who uh, part of the Reddit group that was driving the price up on GameStop. How you doing, sir? Great to have you here on the program. I'm doing great, Rush. Great to talk to you. I've been listening to you since I was a little kid. My dad had me listening to you as a little kid, and now I'm 41 years old. And I've Let me ask you, how surprised were you when you heard me discussing GameStop today? I turned the radio on on my drive to work, and I'm like, I got to call Rush. And I called about 30 times and got through, and I'm like, today's my day. There it is. Yes, sir. Okay, so, so yeah, tell us, so, what's what's the scoop? Okay, the scoop is, is um, I got involved about a week ago. I kind of found out, so I'm big into Bitcoin. I'm on the Bitcoin page on Reddit, and they were talking about Wall Street bets. I get over to Wall Street bets. I joined the group, did a lot of reading, a lot of research, found out about the GameStop deal, looked into it, saw the short position. I kind of understood what was going to happen. I got in last Wednesday around $38. and. Uh, Okay, and wait, 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 wait. Now, this is important for people that don't follow this stuff. You got in at $38 a share. 30, correct, yes. And, uh, and it, it started to move up, and, and it got a little wild. So, And I'm a day trader, so I was in and out of it a few times, and uh, it just kept going up, and, and it just turned into a wildfire. And it was really – there was more than GameStop, too. BlackBerry and AMC were two other ones that were on fire, too. And then it all came to a screeching halt this morning because Robinhood – TD Ameritrade and Schwab all blocked those users from buying. Exactly. Schwab, TD Ameritrade, 
and and, and Robinhood, uh, yes. Robinhood all suspended trading in they, GameStop. They didn't suspend. They would let you sell, but they would not let you buy, which is why the prices plummeted this morning. All the while, I guarantee you the hedge funds are shorting the thing to death because they can do whatever they want. And so you are living, breathing, testifying evidence that the market is rigged for the big boys, just like the political Absolutely. market is rigged for the American left. Absolutely. It, 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 just, it just reaffirms my, you know, my, my dad has been telling me for a long time that it's been rigged for the big boys. And this morning, I've been, in, I've been trading stocks since I was 17 years old. And my grandma left me money you know, in her will when she passed away and I put it in the stock market. And I've been playing ever since. And I've, and I've done well over the years, but... Today, I sold everything. I sold everything. There's cash in the account, and I don't know what I want to do. Right. I think I'm just going to well, pull it. You see, you started to earn too much. You and your compatriots on Reddit, you started to earn too much, and you were earning it from the elites who thought they were yeah. in control of the game. Just as you were saying, it was a, it's a big transfer of wealth, and, and that's not the game. The game is the big boys get bigger, and the, the, the middle class stays poor forever that's that's the game or static you know one uh, exactly they you've you've uh, you've nailed it there so here's a guy playing the game here's a guy got in at 38 dollars a share now the users of the apps are not being allowed to buy gamestop it's been shut down by td ameritrade schwab and uh, and robin hood those are the three ways that you had of uh Buying stock, going long, going short, however you wanted to do it. So he sold everything today and got out after realizing that he had topped everything. He wasn't going to be able to do it because they were now limiting his upward expansion mobility. Got to take a break. We'll be back and continue after this. Don't go away. So as I watch the Obama regime implement its agenda and quite rapidly... It is obvious that yet another prediction I made is coming true, and that is that Biden is simply the front man for Obama. Front man for Obama's third term. Who is really running the country right now, do you think? I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, sir, Bob. It's a no-brainer. Joe Biden is a frontman for Obama, as predicted. I saw Susan Rice yesterday. You know, make some comments, a speech, whatever she was doing at the White House press briefing. She spent more time detailing what the administration has done and was going to do than Biden has, including the time he spent on the campaign. Now, Susan Rice has ties right back to Obama. He's signing ceremonies of Biden's executive orders. Have you seen them? Susan Rice and John Kerry ruthlessly explained to their media puppets why the president is destroying jobs and incomes. And he is. 11,000 jobs destroyed. The Keystone XL pipeline. Grab audio soundbite number three. Excuse me. I got this from... um, from the, uh, let's see, Gateway Pundit, Jim Hoft. And yesterday, one of the one of the pipeline workers and admittedly conservative urban project founder, Henry Davis, Twitter page, he posted a new video in reaction to the ending of the Keystone XL pipeline. Here is the audio from well, it. lost my job today. A stroke of a pen. I just bought this car. I had a six-year payment plan on it. So I'm probably going to have to sell the car and then probably won't be able to make next month's mortgage. Just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. How did Donald Trump? I know how they took it. They didn't steal the election. When you steal something, that's when no one knows that you took it. But stop, they stop, outright... stop, 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 need to protect Henry Davis here. Uh, he's uh, he's lost his way now, headed down the pathway where uh, where the Biden may not be legitimate winner. <clears throat> he's uh, he's making the point here they didn't steal it. Stealing it is is when when no one knows you took it. He said they didn't steal it. It's right out in front of our eyes. But I can't let him say that. I'm doing my best to protect uh, Henry Davis here. Um, but he went on. He made a claim. I mean, he made a. He said. He said. He said, Joe, we are going to take this back from you. Now, in a normal ebb and flow, that would be permissible speech in American politics. We're going to beat you, Joe. We're going to beat you next time. Oh, no, folks, you can't say it. You cannot say it. That is upsetting. It is counter to normalcy. It does not promote unity. No, 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 no. You can't say it. But I'm I'm telling you this this business with the Keystone XL pipeline it's 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 more than uh, than 
I think we have been led to believe, particularly when you look at the reaction to it from uh, from Biden uh, administration people. And I want to I want to make a point here that I have made over the course of many years on this program. On MSNBC the other night, Senator Chuck U. Schumer was a guest of, uh, of Rachel Maddow. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she said, give me your legislative priorities in your own words. And he answered essentially with one word. He said, climate. Climate. Now, those of you who are regular, longtime listeners of the EIB network will immediately flash back to the things I have said about this. I have explained many times, and it's necessary to explain it many times for everybody to hear it. Climate change, climate, however they terminalize it, however they categorize it and discuss it, gives them control over everything in your life, ladies and gentlemen. Everything. The first way they do it, they start out and they blame you for it. They blame you for destroying the planet. The planet is being destroyed. We've got 30 years to save it, but you are destroying the planet. How? By virtue of the car you drive. By virtue of your job, the Keystone XL pipeline. Your home, do you have adequate solar panels or are you using fossil fuels? And are you not being responsible with your thermostat? Your business, your wealth is to blame. The way you get around, your movement, your diet, your car, it gives them control over everything. That's why climate change is never going to go away. It gives them the ability to regulate every aspect of human life, which is their objective. And by blaming you, they give you redemption opportunities. Oh, yeah, they blame you for it. But you've got 20 years to make amends. You've got 20 years to redeem yourself. How can you do it? Well, you buy the car they tell you to buy, or you eat the foods, or you, uh, uh, you don't support various industries. Uh, it's all inclusive, folks. You become a climate warrior yourself. You become somebody that is hell-bent on saving the planet, making amends for your transgressions. And it's really simple the way it works because everybody wants their lives to matter. Everybody wants to matter. It's one of the biggest psychological uh, hit points that marketing people use. Everybody wants to matter. Most people think their lives get lost in a massive shuffle of humanity, that they don't stand out, that they don't really matter. It's, it's caca because everybody's life does matter. But it's easy for people to think their individual life doesn't, like their vote doesn't count. I don't care. Rush, you can tell me to vote. My vote doesn't matter. You know people who think that. So everybody wants their life to matter. And here come the climate change people with an instant way making your life matter. You can save the planet. How could you get any more meaningful than that? So it gives them control over your job. What kind of job? Your home, your business, your wealth. How did you earn it? How did you maintain it? 
your movement, how you get around becomes subject to legislation and regulation. Your diet. Don't laugh. They're serious about this business of getting rid of meat. The kind of car you drive, it gives them control over virtually everything. They're even lying about certain things. Uh, Biden's climate advisor is a babe named Gina McCarthy. Now, let me check something real. I want to check the audio soundbite roster. Just so happens that I often have audio soundbites from people I'm going to share things with. And I want to make sure that I uh, don't before I tell you what she said. Okay, so Gina McCarthy said climate change is the most significant public health issue of our time. Uh, Climate change is what, folks? It's heat, is it not? I mean, basically, climate change is the out-of-control warming of the planet. That's going to result in rising sea levels and the drowning of cities and the drowning of your house. And if you live on the beach, it's heat, is it not? So here are the stats. And the source for this is the Centers for Disease Control. Heart disease kills 33%. 33% of deaths in America are attributable to heart disease. 26% of deaths of all Americans, cancer-related. Cold. People that die from exposure to the cold is 6.4% and increasing. The percentage of people killed by heat, i.e. they're exposed to unhealthy high temperatures, 0.3% and declining. And yet this babe, Gina McCarthy, went to the White House briefing room yesterday and said something provably false, climate change, the most significant public health issue over time. It's not 0.3% and declining. Heart disease, the 33% equals 923,000 people a year who succumb to heart disease. Cancer, 746,000 people, it's 26%. People who die from exposure to cold temperatures, 6.4% or 181,000 people. And people who die from heat, climate change, 0.3%, not even one full percent, just 0.3, three-tenths of a percent, 8,600 people. And yet she goes to the briefing room and simply lies her teeth off about climate change. And because it does contain virtually everything. Now, yesterday at the White House, during press briefing, John Effing Carey, the special presidential envoy for climate, had his turn behind the White House microphone. He said this about United States climate policy. President Biden is deeply committed, totally seized by this issue, as you can tell by this executive order and and by the other, uh, the initiative of getting back into Paris immediately. That's why he rejoined the Paris Agreement so quickly, because he knows it is urgent. He also knows that Paris alone is not enough, Uh, not when almost 90 percent of all of the planet's emissions, global emissions, come from outside of U.S. borders. We could go to zero tomorrow and the problem isn't solved. We could go to zero tomorrow 
and the problem's not solved. Well, if that's the case, uh, we go to zero emissions, which is not possible. Zero emissions tomorrow, and the problem isn't solved. So you see, there is no solution. There is only an ongoing effort which must require the regulation and control of your life. Then he said, he got a question from the ABC White House correspondent, Cecilia Vega. Her question was, you know, there certainly are oil and gas industry workers who are watching you both right now. They're going to hear your message, and the takeaway to them is that they're seeing an end to their livelihood. You're shutting down Keystone XL. You're shutting down domestic drilling. What do you say to them, particularly those people who President Trump struck a chord with on the campaign trail when he promised to save their jobs? What is your message to them right now? Now, get this answer. What President Biden wants to do is make sure those folks have better choices, that they have alternatives, that they can be the people who go to work to make the solar panels. Unfortunately, workers have been fed a false narrative. No surprise, right, for the last few years. They've been fed... The notion that somehow dealing with climate is coming at their expense. No, it's not. What's happening to them is happening because of other market forces already taking place. Solar panels. Yes, the guy that we played the audio from, who I had to jump in and save from himself, Henry Davis, a Keystone XL pipeline worker. John Kerry is saying, go make solar panels. You want to talk about a failing industry? Solar panels? These people, the Keystone XL Pipeline, were making good money. And as the audio from uh, Henry Davis illustrates, they were able to be purchasing new uh, condominiums, homes, cars, and so forth. Everything was fine. And plus the benefits to the country were unparalleled. They were contributing, the Keystone XL Pipeline was contributing to the United States becoming energy independence. So here comes John Kerry. Biden wants to make sure those people have better choices. They can be the people that go to work to make solar panels. Better choices. What's wrong with the Keystone XL pipeline? What? Why do you take that choice away? Better choices? So see, you have no idea what's good for you. But the bottom line is this. The Keystone XL pipeline was so successful it runs counter to the political desires and energy efforts of the American left. So it's got to be shut down, not to benefit the American people and not to benefit those workers to be shut down and fired and then told to go build solar panels. It's to benefit the people that make solar panels and to subsidize them because it's not a profit-generating industry without the subsidies that come from the federal government. And all of this is happening under the guise of saving the planet because you're destroying it. This administration is destroying jobs quicker than you could ever destroy this planet, which is something you cannot do. Now, folks, I want to tell you, this is what losing looks like. Even though you're being told you're winning, this is what losing looks like. And I wonder how long it's going to take before a lot of you get fed up and tired of losing. 
I mean, it's patently ridiculous. John Kerry laid off oil and gas workers who got better choices? No, they're not. They've just had the Keystone XL pipeline taken away from their choice. It's literally been taken away from them. Their choices are not being expanded. They're being limited. Then Kerry says zero emissions won't make a difference in climate change. What more proof do you need then, folks, that this thing is nothing more than an issue designed to give them total regulatory control over your life? I mean, it, it, spent 30 years. That's why I often say that I consider myself a, somewhat of a failure. I've spent 30 years trying to explain all this to people, and they still voted for it. A bunch of people did. Millions and millions voted for it. And furthermore, you know, now that we've got a Democrat in the White House, now the Pentagon is free to be who it is. You know, we've talked about the makeup of the kind of people in the Pentagon. We have warrior generals. We have politically correct generals. We have... Generals who are used to fighting wars defend and protect the United States. We have generals who believe everything is political correctness. So the story from the Hill.com Pentagon declares climate change a national security issue. See, climate change is everything. Now even the Pentagon which is charged with defending and protecting the American people, the American way of life, whatever it's to become, now claim that climate change is a national security issue along with domestic terrorism? Not Antifa, not ISIS, don't be confused. Domestic terrorism are these people that attacked the Capitol building on January 6th. Biden has called a halt to border wall construction. That's another 5,000 jobs lost. Billions of dollars in salary and wages just lost. Just, I mean, wave the magic wand and lose American jobs. Here is Jim in Enterprise, Alabama. We head back to the phones. I'm glad you waited. It's great to have you here. Hello, sir. Good afternoon, Mr. Limbaugh. It is a honor to talk to you and listen to you for 30 years. Thank you, sir. I was calling about the XL pipeline. I think it's twofold. One is probably 80% of those people are union members, and those people normally vote Democrat. I think that's going to hurt the Democrat in 2022. But the other thing is the conspiracy is that much of the transportation of that before the pipeline is built is by railway. And who's the biggest railway owner? That would be Mr. Warren Buffett. Uh, you're, you're talking about the railway to handle the, the pipeline, getting the oil to and from it? Yes. Yes. So I think it's twofold. I think it's going to hurt oh, them. Oh, also... oh you're, you're saying that Warren Buffett's on this. You're, you're, you're giving us a conspiracy theory that Warren Buffett's going to be the big winner here. Because he owns the railroads that are now going to become the um, uh, method of transportation. I possibly what worries me is that they're not going to move this oil. 
that they're going to shut it down. They're not going to move it at all, at least through the United States, in order to protect against damage, overflows, leakage, uh, what have you. And again, here we have uh, somebody else, folks, saying that well, we're going to clean the clocks in 2022. If retail politics were what it is, yeah, we might be able to say that. But uh, I, I think that's a little short-sighted. Maybe I should go into detail again explaining why. What you, you, Mr. Sturdy, you think 2022, if this keeps up, is an automatic win for... All right. All right. Well, we'll take a break and we'll come back and continue here in a minute. Stay with us. All right. Let me run through this 2022 thing again, because it it requires a belief that nothing has fundamentally changed American politics. It requires the belief that people didn't know what they were doing when they voted for Joe Biden and the Democrats in 2018 and 2020. 2018 midterms and the 2020 presidential election. People didn't know what they were doing. And once they see what the Democrats are going to do, like the closing of the Keystone Pipeline and some of these other things, oh, there's going to be this massive rejection of the Democrats and the next chance people have to vote, which would be 2022. And I hear a lot of people saying this, a lot of people indicating they believe this, People on our side, people on the Republican side, traditional political junkies, say, let the Democrats do whatever they're going to do because they're going to get swamped. We're going to wipe them out in the midterms. We're going to win the House back. We're going to win the Senate back. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And when these people say this to me, I say, do you people not get what's going on here the days of traditional American politics where there is an agreed-to power sharing. The Democrats agree that they're going to lose now and then. We agree that we're going to win now and then. We agree that when we win, they're going to beat us the hell up and try to take power away from us. And we're going to help them. We agree that when they win, we're going to acknowledge that they won and we're going to do everything they can to make sure they don't lose in the future. That's the power sharing. But sometimes the Democrats so overstep that we end up winning anyway. If you think that we're anywhere near that, that those days of American politics survive, you have to realize that they don't any longer. The days of traditional American politics no longer exist. The Democrats, folks, and they've been openly honest about this. The Democrats are setting it up so they're never going to lose elections again. They are setting it up so that even if they lose elections, they win. So what do you mean we're going to win it all back in 2022? Who thinks that that's in the cards? Again, you have to believe that people didn't know what they were doing when they voted in the 2018 midterms, and they didn't know what they were doing when they voted for Democrats in the 2020 election. And there are people who believe that the only reason the Democrats won in 2020 is cheating, and maybe 2018, the midterms as well. 
Rush, it's going to be so massive. They can't. They can't win except by cheating. And they're going to be so rejected, they're not going to be able to cheat enough to win, Rush. I've been hearing people say that, too. So I ask these people when they when they give me this 2022 theory, I say, well, how did they how did they win in 2018 and 2020? And what I get back is they cheated, Rush. Now, look, I am not wandering off the reservation here. But you're making a big mistake if you think that the success the Democrats had in 2018 in the midterms and the 2020 election is simply due to cheating. You're missing something very important. There are millions of Americans who knowingly voted for this. There are millions of college students who knowingly support the abolition of the First Amendment. There are millions of young people becoming adults who openly support the cancel culture and the elimination of constitutional rights by certain Americans. And they are growing in number as well as growing in age. There are millions of Americans who have bought into the Democrat agenda. This is not simply because the Democrats fraudulently stole an election, even if they did. You've got to understand something. Biden still got enough votes to enable him to go over the line. Whatever amount of cheating there was does not equal enough to win or barely enough to win. I myself have made it abundantly clear how difficult it would be to jury rig or game the American presidential election. If you if you knew, if you knew the districts, if you knew the precincts, if you knew the, uh, the, the, the battleground states in advance, if you could dictate that, then you could do it much easier than just randomly guessing. But the thing that you have to you have to consider, you have to remember is even if you believe there was cheating that went on, and a lot of people do, and I'm not going to try to talk you out of that. Don't misunderstand me. But you've got to understand at the same time, millions and millions and millions of Americans voted for Joe Biden. Or they voted for somebody with a D next to his name. They didn't necessarily vote for Biden, I don't think. I think they I think they voted against Trump. I think they voted against Republicans. I think they voted for the guy with a Democrat or the big D next to his name. But the point is the idea that the American people did not know what they were doing and in two years are going to be running to the ballot box to reverse their decision. Why why wasn't what Pelosi was doing from 2019 to 2012, why, why wasn't that enough to wake them up? I mean, this fraudulent, phony impeachment business, this unconstitutional impeachment these people engaged in, with house managers like Eric Swalwell, who's out there, you know, banging around with Fang Fang? Why wasn't who the Democrats are enough to wake people up after the 2018 midterms? And then how do you explain Georgia? Why didn't Georgia 
become the de facto replacement for 2022. Why didn't people in Georgia realize, my God, we got to step up here. We got to prevent the Democrats from winning a Senate. I know what some of you are saying, because Rush, everybody knew that we're going to cheat and they didn't vote. And you had a bunch of Republicans telling people not to. Fine, fine. I'm, I'm just telling you that no matter what, you've got to make excuses for why what you think is going to happen in 2022 hasn't happened yet, despite two different opportunities for it to happen. Pelosi and the Democrats and media were doing enough mean-spirited, fraudulent, lying, cheating, anti-Trump things through 2019 and 2020 to wake people up. And by the way, 74, 75 million people voted for Trump, maybe more. That is a hell of a lot of people as well. There's so many things, folks, that are that are working against the whole idea that retail politics hasn't changed. Look at the media. The media is... It's easy to complain and whine and moan about it, but the media, so predictable. They are treating... Have you noticed, Mr. They're treating the Biden administration like the second coming of Camelot. JFK has essentially been raised from the dead and is occupying the Oval Office in the White House residency. And pretty soon they have little Hunter Biden sitting on his dad's knee under his desk in the Oval Office, waving as the carousel goes by. Uh, I, I mean, the media, the media is actually calling for this program and other conservative programs and Fox News to be deplatformed. Like Parler has been deplatformed, they're calling CNN. You would think they'd be devoted to the First Amendment. They're not, only for themselves. So, what has to change? Well, I'm, all I'm saying is don't think that 2022 is automatic because of how over the top the Democrats are going to. You've got to realize that the Democrats are taking people with them. They are winning the minds and hearts of a certain percentage of Americans every election. We sit here and say, we can't believe it. It is unreal. It's unbelievable that people have got to wake up, and yet they don't. In our minds, they don't wake up. You know, I sometimes, folks, I think the Chicoms troll the Democrats. I think the Chicoms try to see how silly they can make the Democrats act. Have you seen this story? The Chicoms, this is from the UK Daily Mail, Chicoms begin using anal swabs to test for COVID in Beijing. Are you kidding me? It's bad enough they have to poke the, uh, the swab all the way up to your brain. Now they're going in your anus in China? And, of course, since the Democrats love the Chicoms and want to emulate them, how long is it going to be before they start doing the anal swab to test people in this country for COVID? While the Chicoms sit around and look at it and laugh themselves silly. Well, I'm not making it up. UK Daily Mail, Beijing is using anal swabs 
to test its residents for coronavirus, a method that experts say is more accurate and raises the chances of detecting the virus. To collect samples. I may have to do my countdown here for people that don't want to hear offensive things. To uh, to uh, collect the test samples, a swab needs to be inserted about 1.2 to 2 inches into the rectum and then rotated several times. After completing the motion twice, the swab is removed before being securely placed inside a sample container. The whole procedure is said to take about 10 seconds. Several times, yes. The swab is inserted up to two inches inside the rectum. For those of you in Rio Linda, um, hmm, hmm, the booty. Well, maybe that works, I don't know. And then after you do that, two inches up there, and then you rotate it several times, what it says, yes. You rotate it several times. And after completing the motion twice, the rotation twice, uh, the swab is removed, put inside a sample container. It takes about 10 seconds, and then it's sent off to some place where some little lab. I don't know that they have drive-through testing in China. But you're asking, obviously, are they going to incorporate anal swabs with drive-thru? That'd be interesting to see. Going to get back to the phones very quickly, folks. First, you know, times of trouble and change bring all kinds of reasons for despair. But those who built and preserved our country did not despair. Well, they did at times. They found ways to overcome it. There's a lot to learn from their actions and their thoughts at the time. And who better to remind us of this than our good friends at Hillsdale College? It is their observation, their thought, that you can draw upon the thinking, the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers strength and inspiration. Few entities curate these thoughts better than Hillsdale. If you really want to know about the founding of this country and the people who engaged in it, and the efforts that they made and what they had to overcome. There's no better source than Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 for the express purpose of teaching these things, and it teaches them still today. And not just for the enrolled students at Hillsdale, but for you as well. You can study all these things, along with Hillsdale College professors doing the teaching right in your home. Video courses available on demand and they're free, no strings attached. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, you can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of our philosophers, the writings of smart authors, and you can reacquaint yourself with the Constitution. And some of the best lessons come from events and words shared from the past. With Hillsdale providing the guidance, there's a whole lot to learn, and a lot of it's not being taught anymore which is the real crying shame. They've made it free for you, folks. Go to RushForHillsdale.com and you'll see it'll all become available. Just sign up. No strings attached. RushForHillsdale. 
com. Aberdeen, South Dakota. Ryan, great to have you on the program. Hello, sir. Hey, Megadeddo's Rush. Uh, thank you for taking my call today. You bet, sir. Great to have you here with us. I uh, thought your explanation of short selling and its relationship to the GameStop situation was brilliant, but I was kind of hoping to be able to attempt to expound on it a little bit. Sure, go ahead. Does this mean you really didn't think it was brilliant? You're just saying that to soften me up for what you want to say that you think I should have said and didn't. Well, the important thing to remember about short selling is that essentially it's a promise to borrow against current stock price. Exactly, and you've got to have the money for it. At a future stock price. The day traders know that every outstanding margin call out there is a promise to buy. So what happens when you have a lot of margin calls, a lot of promise to buy? There's an anticipation that on the strength of those margin call purchases, the stock price will go up. My point in bringing this up is simply that what happened to those hedge fund managers, the big elite boys in Wall Street, in in my considered opinion, is squarely on their own shoulders. They were leveraged. They, They leveraged themselves so much into those margin calls, there wasn't even enough stock to cover all of those uh, margin call purchases. And the day traders realized that. It, it, the, the, the short squeeze was virtually inevitable, given that uh, situation with uh, that leverage. Exactly. There was no way to avoid the short squeeze. It was going to happen by virtue of the Reddit guys continuing to drive the stock price up. But if it wouldn't have been the Wall Street Bets Reddit guys... It would have been someone else. There are hundreds of thousands of day traders out there that practically do it for a living. Okay, true. That that part is true. But the Reddit people, the ones that did it, I didn't mean to impugn anybody else, nor praise the Reddit guys. They're simply the guys that did it, made it happen. It is the fastest three hours in media. Two of them are already over. The evidence of the fastest three hours in media. We'll be back and get into the next one before you know it, so don't go anywhere, folks. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. 
Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, views expressed by the host of this program documented to be almost always right, 99.8% of the time. A thrill and a delight to be with you each and every day here at the Excellence in Broadcasting Network. Rush Limbaugh, 800-282-2882, the email address, lrushbow at eibnet.us. I opened the program suggesting that what the Obama presidency really is is nothing more than the third term of the Obama presidency, that he is a front man for Obama. And mere moments ago, as Joe Biden blew through the record of presidents signing executive orders after they've been inaugurated, he set a record for the number that have been signed. Joe Biden admitted that he is simply reestablishing the Obama administration. It's been a busy week. And uh, I've signed executive orders tackling COVID-19, the economic and climate crises, as well as advancing racial equity. But today I'm about to sign two executive orders, and basically the best way to describe them, to undo the damage Trump has done. There's nothing new that we're doing here other than restoring the Affordable Care Act and restoring the Medicaid to the way it was before Trump became president. There's nothing new we're doing here other than restoring the Affordable Care Act and restoring Medicaid in the way it was before Trump became president. We're simply undoing the damage Trump has done. So we're putting the Obama administration back in and as though it was never stopped. Pretty soon, let me tell you what's going to happen. Pretty soon Obama is going to learn that there's nothing more Biden can do for him. How long is it going to take Biden to re-implement the Obama regime? And once that's done, then the uh, Biden usefulness will maybe reach its max. We shall see. We have another Keystone XL pipeline worker who wants to respond to John Kerry's claim that you'll make solar panels, that they're giving them more choices for jobs. I mean, it's a a great thing that Kerry's doing. By shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline, the people that work there are being 
having their job opportunities expanded like never before. Here's this guy named Anthony Fetters. Here's reaction to it. I think that's great, but let's not shut out thousands of American families that's working now waiting on those jobs to happen. Can't we do both at the same time? And once no. that infrastructure gets in place, then maybe we can transition into that. But no. in the meantime, you know, this is our livelihood. We don't yeah. consider it a temporary job. We consider it as our career. The pump stations that we were constructing for TC Energy uh, this year alone employed several hundred people with several hundred more to come. And once the pipeline got started, the main line, it would have employed several thousand more. So the impact to us pipeliners is huge. Yeah, yeah. And by, by the way... Uh Grab audio soundbite number, what is it that I, uh, what number, Jay Ensley? I thought I had that was, uh, well, I was right in front of me. I can't find it, but it's number six. And naturally, the one that I'm looking for is not here. Jay Ensley, listen to him talk about um, this. In, in it, 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 He wants to talk about, well, we want to give people uh, uh future job choices or some such thing. Listen to it. The other side wants to shackle people to a past of an area of declining jobs. We do not want to shackle our children to the dead weight of jobs that aren't going to exist 30 years from now. The other side wants to shackle people to a past of an area of declining jobs. We don't want to shackle our children to the dead weight of jobs that aren't going to exist. What do you mean? You're going to take a job that you admit would be lasting for 30 years and you want to take it away from people on the basis that it's temporary? You think the people that worked in the horse and buggy industry would have been happy for 30 more years once the automobile was invented? For crying out loud. So this guy, we don't want to shackle kids to jobs that won't exist in 30 years. So you're going to put them out of work. You're going to make them wards of the state. You're going to eliminate the jobs that they have on the basis that they're just temporary. 30-year temporary jobs. I am in my 31st or 32nd year here at the EIB Network. And Jay Ensley is saying that I shouldn't have started this job because it's a temporary gig. It was only going to last 30 years. And by the way, I had to work pretty hard to make it last that long. Highly competitive business that I'm in. Ditto Fox News and the rest of them. 30 years, we don't want to shackle kids to be in a temporary job that they're going to be taken away from in 30 years? In the meantime, this Keystone Pipeline worker, Anthony Fetters, is right. Why can't you do both? Here's John Kerry back again. He's flabbergasted that he hasn't been greeted with bouquets of flowers for his performance yesterday at the White House press raping. You can't have an ostrich policy where you put your head in the sand and pretend that nothing going on around you matters. We have to address this. You know, God gave us the ability to be rational and logical. And as President Kennedy said here on Earth, God's work is our own. We have to do this. And we have to undertake to listen to the scientists, respond. This is so logical. I don't understand the opposition. He, the question he was asked was, how do we get our credibility back, Mr. Secretary? China, Russia, rest of the world? Because they could simply say, we'll wait them out. We can't trust America anymore. How, how do you get them to take us seriously and reengage? He's talking about 
re-engaging in the Paris climate accord, re-engaging in the Iran nuke deal. He's talking about re-engaging in climate change. And he thought that he was brilliant yesterday in his performance, that he would have been greeted as such. He can't understand this, anybody in opposition to what he said, which is classic of the arrogance these people walk around with and routinely display. Now, folks, Rand Paul has been on fire this week, senator from Kentucky. And Tuesday in Washington, on the Senate floor, he made a really great speech on the unconstitutional sham second impeachment of Donald Trump. We have a couple sound bites. Here's number one. If we are about to try to impeach a president, where is the chief justice? If the accused is no longer president, where is the constitutional power to impeach him? Private citizens don't get impeached. Impeachment is for removal from office. And the accused here has already left office. Hyperpartisan Democrats are about to drag our great country down into the gutter of rancor and vitriol, already the done likes that. of which has never been seen in our nation's history. They've already Democrats done that. are wasting the nation's time on a partisan vendetta against a man no longer in office. It's almost as if they have no ability to exist except in opposition to Donald Trump. That's true. Without him as their boogeyman, they might have to legislate and to actually convince Americans that their policy prescriptions are the right ones. Uh, by the way, what are they doing? Biden has formed a panel to investigate packing the Supreme Court. They're going to do that. They're already looking into creating a state out of Puerto Rico and Washington. Everything we warned you about to create Democrats in perpetuity is being done. So when, when Rand Paul says here that they might have to legislate, actually convince Americans their policy prescriptions, they're never going to have to do that. That's my. If I had to make a point, if I had to try to find a way to convince people of one thing, the Democrats are never going to have to convince you of anything. They're just going to do it. If you disagree with them having a 13-seat Supreme Court, too bad. They're just going to do it. They're going to have the votes, and they're going to do it. They're not going to persuade you. This is what we're missing. This is not retail politics, as it's always been. The Democrats aren't going to have to persuade anybody. Once they get states in Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C., they don't have to persuade people now— because they've only got 50 seats in the Senate, power sharing with uh, Mitch McConnell and so forth. But I'm talking, their long-term plan is to not need to persuade anybody. Do not doubt me. That is, that is the core of their belief. That is the core of their agenda. To no longer have to persuade anybody that they will have such vote power, such majority power, they won't have to persuade a damn fool of anything. Now, one other thing here that he said, John Roberts, where's the chief justice? Well, this is a interesting point. John Roberts refuses to sit at the Trump trial. Are you aware of this? Chief Justice, John Roberts' refusal to preside over Trump's second impeachment trial is raising 
questions about whether he views the first-of-its-kind proceedings as constitutional. The Supreme Court has been declining to comment when asked by the media why the Chief Justice will not take part in this historic trial. Chuck Schumer said that Chief Justice doesn't want to take part in it. Constitution says the Chief Justice presides for a sitting president. Trump is not a sitting president. I'm going to tell you what I think is going on uh, here. I think the chief is questioning the constitutionality of the Democrats' latest attempt here. Now, he would never say so in public because it would hurt his reputation in Georgetown. So what's going to happen? In Robert's absence, the trial will be presided over by Pat Leakey Leahy. You heard what happened to him. They swore him in, and then something happened, and they had to put him in an ambulance and move him up to the hospital. And then after a few short minutes, said, everything's fine here. Do we know any more than that? Is that the is that we don't know why <clears throat> that Leakey Leahy had to go to the hospital? Anyway, Rand Paul making a big deal out of the fact that the chief justice won't even show up. Here's the next Rand Paul bite. But what of Democrat words? What of Democrat incitement to violence? No Democrat will honestly ask whether Bernie Sanders incited the shooter that nearly killed Steve Scalise and volunteer coach. The shooter nearly pulled off a massacre. I was there because he fervently believed the false and inflammatory rhetoric spewed by Bernie and other Democrats. No Democrat will ask whether Maxine Waters incited violence when she literally told her supporters, and I quote, that if you see a member of the Trump administration at a restaurant, at an apartment store, at a gas station, or any place, you create a crowd and you push back on them. Is that not incitement? Shame. Shame on these angry, unhinged partisans who are putting forth this sham impeachment, deranged by their hatred of the former president. It's truly that. It is deranged hatred. There is no question about it. He's absolutely right about Bernie Sanders inciting that wacko to shoot up the baseball practice. But we're not allowed to say that. And Republicans go along with it. They're Mitt Romney, so they will go along. Oh, yeah. We cannot engage in that kind of hate speech. No, no, no. We don't want to say that nice old Bernie had anything to do with it. Bernie had nothing to do with it. And, and they're hoping that the Democrats will extend to them the same favor. That the next time some Democrat blows away another Democrat that uh, they won't go out and start blaming Republicans for it. But, of course, that doesn't happen, does it? They always try to find a way to blame Sarah Palin or me or Fox News. Take your pick. Brief break. We'll be back and continue after this. On the cutting edge of societal evolution, Rush Limbaugh behind the golden EIB microphone. Great to be with you as always, ladies and gentlemen. Our old buddy Victor Davis Hansen has a piece published today at townhall.com entitled The After Trump Era Begins. I just want to share with you some pull quotes. Mr. Hansen is especially brilliant in uh, predicting and, and tapping into the uh, makeup and direction of the American culture as dictated by the American political climate. Uh, 
at any uh, given time. And he points out hypocrisy as well as anybody, finds it, points it out as well as anybody I've ever seen. So let me give you just a few of his observations here because he's right on the money and it is all part of uh, what here is an ongoing effort to continue to inform people and educate them about what we're up against. Pull quote number one, speaking of Amazon... Amazon is opposing mail-in ballots for its own employees voting on whether to unionize a warehouse in Alabama. Now, isn't that interesting? Amazon was all for mail-in ballots for the presidential election. All for mail-in ballots in the Georgia runoff. All for mail-in ballots and any other kind of early voting, whatever your regular ballots, you can all for it, except in an election of their own. Amazon is opposing mail-in ballots for its own employees voting on whether to unionize a warehouse in Alabama. You know why? Amazon says they're worried about fraud. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're worried about fraud. Amazon worried about fraud. In their own union election, so they say, you people live in Alabama, you're a bunch of cheats, you're a bunch of frauds. They don't trust you at Amazon. Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, ridiculed people who were concerned about massive mail-in fraud during the 2020 election. In our brave new world, we will hear no more retired military officers weighing in on the fascism of the commander-in-chief, like we did with Donald Trump. This is an area, by the way, that I, I happen to know, Victor, and this, this bugs him as much as I think anything does. The behavior of military people and their wanton disregard of the Constitution and their wanton disregard of military ethics. Yeah, he says, we'll hear no more retired military officers weighing in on the fascism of the commander-in-chief. Yet, Biden's unity agenda actually is fascism. I better take the time to explain this. So I'm going to put that on the agenda because there is – when they talk about unity, they're being totally honest, but they don't mean it like you think. They don't mean unity where everybody agrees. They mean unity where they are accepted as the majority. You accept them or else. It is the unity of fascism. Anyway, Mr. Hansen says – that no longer will we hear military generals, retired military officers, compare the recurring violence of Antifa or Black Lives Matter to that of Islamic terrorists. Nope. None will compare Biden, who dismissed Antifa as a mere idea, to Mussolini or the Nazis, as they did Trump. Any retired officer who smears President Biden will be reminded that he is violating the Uniform Code of Military Justice and he's going to be flogged for it. 
the media, Silicon Valley, Wall Street, Hollywood, top retired military brass, corporate America, universities, professional sports are all recalibrating the truth for the new year one, which began on January 20th. In about a month, they'll have it all down, and soon we won't even be able to tell the old reality from the new. The after-Trump era has begun. And you heard Biden basically admit what it is. It's to eliminate every bit of evidence Trump was ever president and reestablish the Obama administration as being in its third term. That is where we are. With, by the way, some added goodies. The Obama administration serving as the Biden administration is now free to be even more uh, radical left-wing in their own minds. That's where we are, folks. And got to take a break. We'll be back. Don't go away. Hi, how are you? Hey, you know what? I'm going to go back to the phones here in just a second. But I got a couple things. I just remembered I got something here from my uncle who sent this to me for my uh, for my birthday, which is on January 12th. My uncle Steve... Um, and it's it's a it's a booklet here on the year I was born, 1951. Remember when? It's a nostalgic look back in time at what print ads were looking like, what television ads uh, looked like, um, what famous things happened in 1951. Uh, like in January, the United Nations headquarters were officially opened in New York City. Julius and Ethel Rosenberg sentenced to death in July of 1951 following their conviction. Willie Mays, age 20, joins the uh, New York Giants. Joe DiMaggio signed a $100,000 contract for third year in a row. But the cost of living in 1951, the year I was born, these things, for some reason, they fascinate me. A new house. This is the average new house. In 1951, was $9,000. And we lived in one. We lived in a very average new. It's still there. I don't know who lives in it now, but it's still there. Uh, the average income in 1951 was $3,515 a year. The average price of a new car was $1,500 a year. The average rent for an apartment, 78 bucks a year. Tuition to Harvard in 1951, $600. Gasoline was 19 cents a gallon. A first-class postage stamp, 3 cents. Sugar was 85 cents for 10 pounds. Vitamin D milk, 92 cents a gallon. Ground coffee, 72 cents a pound. Bacon, 52 cents a pound. Eggs, 24 cents per dozen. Fresh ground hamburger, 50 cents per pound. Bread, 16 cents per loaf. Uh, Just amazing stuff. How cheap everything seemed. But it wasn't. It wasn't. It was that, that that's what the thing about inflation calculators are. Here is Wayne, Prairie Village, Kansas. Great to have you. Glad you waited, sir. Hi. Oh, Mr. Limbaugh, thank you for taking my call. My thoughts and prayers are with you. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, sir. 
being older than you, there are certain things I'm seeing in the current political climate. For example, the potential blacklisting of anybody that worked in the White House and possibly even extending to anybody that even voted for the president. Yep. Uh, as well as the fact that the Department of Homeland Security apparently is searching for domestic terrorism but behind every tree and every rock. And the only thing I can think of that what I'm seeing reminds me of McCarthyism, and I'm afraid what we're seeing now may be the new McCarthyism. This is exactly what I'm trying to say. People don't realize how the Democrats are setting it up, so it doesn't matter. 2022, we're going to shellac them. They're not. They're setting it up for all that stuff doesn't matter anymore. They're they're so far ahead of us in terms of defining the kind of country this is going to be. Uh, we're looking at it as winning in retail politics, and and they, you know what the difference is. You know what the real difference is, Wayne. They know how to use power, and we don't. And if maybe it's not that we don't, it's just that when we when we have government power, we don't use. Trump did. Trump did, and look what they did to him. Look what they made sure he wasn't going to be able to do. Serve again. Republicans prior to Trump do not exercise the power they've got to implement an agenda and grow it. They just don't. Democrats do. We certainly cannot take the 2022 elections for granted. We must actually do the work necessary to accomplish what we need to accomplish. Well, yeah, but that's going to be stopping these people from doing what they're trying to Like You, you had a, a brilliant observation. I've been meaning to bring this up. They are blacklisting everybody that worked in the Trump administration. They are making a move on Harvard to take away all degrees awarded to people who worked for Trump in his administration from cabinet level on down. This would include Kaylee McEnany, for example. And they're using Harvard students to push this. But they literally are demanding of corporate America that they not hire anybody who worked for Trump. Now, why is that? The real purpose of it is to really harm these people so as to teach everybody a lesson The next time that Trump or somebody like him attempts to run for the presidency, you damn well are not going to support him. Because if you do, and even if he wins, you eventually are going to pay a steep price for it. This is therefore an effort to eliminate any support for any future outsider who might seek to be elected the president. That's what they're doing. That is their use of power that they have. They're not afraid of using it. They're not afraid of the backlash against it. They don't care. And it's all oriented around the fact that they are entitled to power. That we are not. That unity is only defined by us accepting that they are the legitimate people entitled to power. We are not. So when Mitt Romney comes along and says, well, we must all, in order to declare unity in this country, we must all acknowledge and state publicly that Joe Biden is a legitimate winner of the presidential election. 
What is that? Well, that's that's Romney being what Republicans are supposed to be in this new America. You know what, folks? I've mentioned this before, and I'm going to mention it again. I think what you ought to do, given that we are in an era of COVID-19, and, oh, speaking of which, the California governor is deciding to lift the lockdown in your home order. Did you know that? After all this time, Gavin Newsom is lifting the stay-at-home order in California. Now, all this time, Gavin Newsom was telling everybody it's the only way not to die, the only way to stay safe, the only way to prevent yourself from getting COVID-19. Now, lifting the order. Because one and a half million people signed a recall petition against the guy. Anyway, what you need to do, you need to rent or buy, however you do it, a movie called Lives of Others. It is a brilliant portrayal of life in the Soviet client state of the German, East German Democrat Republican people, whatever the hell it was. It was, it's scary, it is instructive, it is informative. It gives you an idea of what kind of fascism and totalitarianism we could be facing. Lives of others. It is a brilliant portrayal of life in East Germany during the superpower days of the Soviet Union. Irish Honecker was the grand poobah. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a classic, classic movie. If you're not doing anything, rent it, look at it, watch it, and learn from it. We'll be right back, folks. Hey, folks, think of how often that you browse the web with your phone or on your computer. Think about all the places that you uh, access free Wi-Fi when it's offered. Now, you might think that you're alone, that nobody's tracking your activity or watching you making any online purchases. But online cyber hackers have a number of ways of planting malware on your phone or your computer without you knowing it. That's the way they get hold of your information without you knowing. And they can do it if they can see your connection. If they are monitoring, if they're in the same place you are, if they're on the same network you're on, they can see your connection. And then without you knowing it, they can plant malware. You have to click on something to make it happen, but it doesn't automatically happen, but they, they still will provide something for you to click on. But it's all rooted in the fact that they can see your connection. And cyber threats are ever-evolving. These days, you need all the help you can get to protect yourself and your devices. And there is one name in online security to remember, and that is Norton. The Norton 360 software. It protects you and your devices. Real-time protection against the threats that could put your personal information at risk. Now, Norton 360 has something called a VPN, a virtual private network. This alone is worth getting Norton 360. It eliminates your connection being seen. You connect via a virtual private network. The cyber hacker could be seated right next to you, could be looking at your computer terminal, at your screen, your monitor, will never see your connection. 
if you're running through a virtual private network. It hides your connection. It protects you and your devices from any online cyber hacker. It makes you anonymous and invisible when you're online. Now, no one can prevent all cybercrime, but Norton 360 gives you the protection that you need in this highly connected world. And you can get 50% off your first year at Norton.com slash rush. That's the magic. My name's the offer code, Norton.com slash rush. 50% off. Okay, Ron in Woodbury, New Jersey. You're next. Great to have you. Hello. Testing one, two. Anybody there? We go to Mary in Wichita, Kansas. You're next. Great to have you. Hi. Hi, Rush. Can hey. you hear me? I do. Okay. Um, my my thing is that we've already lost the republic. We lost that a long time ago. And that's what we are. We are a republic. And we've lost it. We're just useful idiots. They make it look great. People think we're fighting for this. But look at the schools. Look at the schools. We have, parents don't pay attention to what they're teaching in school. So when these kids come home, if the parents really know what America was about. I think it's worse than that. I think they do know, and they don't have the guts to do anything about it. Well, it's true. True. I believe they don't have the guts to do it. And, and the thing is, because we have lost our moral compass, literally our moral compass. I see it in the Catholic Church as well. You, ha- you know, I, I want to have a good education, but when you, when you don't live your faith, you don't live by the rules that God's given us, this is what we've got. So how are you getting through the day, Mary? How are you? Oh, my God. oh Rush, it's, it's, I go to Mass every day, and, and I sit before the Lord, and, and that's my peace. Yeah, but it that's, a, my, this, this, that's my compass. This is a very powerful thing to say you've, we've lost the republic. You're, you're essentially saying that we have lost the foundation of who and what we are as a nation. We've lost it. Not that we're losing it. You think we've lost it. It's over. Oh, yes. We, we, think about it, Rush. We have our true, our true freedom. If you think about what true freedom really is, it takes responsibility. It takes some guts to, to speak up. It takes... It has consequences. I mean, look at the, I'll just go with abortion. I mean, it's birth control for people. They don't take the responsibility of bringing a child into the world because they don't even look at what that child could do for them or maybe somebody else that would take that child. They just see that it's a, I don't want to take this consequence. I don't want to take the responsibility. You see parents bail their kids out all the time. You don't see kids even cutting lawns anymore. They have lawn services. Kids don't have any responsibility. And when they get into college, you have 1960s liberal nut jobs teaching your kids. And parents, are they questioning any of it? Like you said, they probably don't care. And here we are right now. They don't even understand. And and if you think about Christian... Okay, okay, well, okay, look, anybody, is is there a solution to this or not? Is there a solution? I think we need to return to God. We need to, we need to fight back, absolutely. Okay, well, as long you as know. you think that there is a solution to it, then uh, 
That's fine. Well, the problem I have is people are fatalistic and uh, think there's nothing we can do about it. Then uh, that's no good either. But I appreciate the call. I understand the sentiment. I really do. I want to get another one in before we have to go. Rochester, New York. Dave, hello. How are you doing, sir? Hello, Mr. Limbaugh. How are you doing? Fine. Thank you. Hello. That's good. Um, right to the point. Uh, I do receive information from some Canadian news outlets. And since the pipeline is closed, I guess that's caused kind of a furor with some of their politicians. They really don't like it. And not only is it horrible that a lot of these people lost their jobs, but I guess there was Native people who were really counting on this, too, through some of the provinces that it was running through. And with all this equity being talked about, I can't understand why that would be okay. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't. It's my hearing. Um, I'm, I'm having... Uh, you're, 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 say, or you're simply saying that Native tribes in Canada were hurt because of the closing of the pipeline? Hurt, yeah. Well, they were counting on it economically. And nobody you know, nobody cares about that? Is that your point? It does, well, with all the equity that we're talking about in Washington. Oh, well, okay. that's, that's – that's, see, see, I don't even believe it when they talk – that was what Susan Rice was talking about, that they're going to have racial equity all throughout this, this administration. That's a crock. The left doesn't do equity or equality. And the choice of the word equity was on purpose anyway. The fact they're hurting Native Americans, what's news about that? Who are they helping? That's the question. All right, folks, that's it for today. But Open Line Friday awaits in 21 hours where we will return and continue. And we will be revved and ready for whatever happens between now and when the program starts tomorrow. So look forward to it. See you next time. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.